0: In our tracks, bravely we've proven our striving, trudging together each day. Where there's a will, there's a way.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Raw Recovery. This is Dion Miller, the host of Raw Recovery, trudging together. It is Friday, and you know what that means. That means that we have a story with hope and recovery and experience, all sorts of fun stuff. Um, today, um, our guest, I don't even like saying guest, today's show is about Maria. Um, I i met Maria. I'm not going to, we, we're keeping Maria very anonymous. So let's just say I met Maria. um And I was looking for somebody that was a little bit newer in the program um, that I felt could come on here and describe how life is for them right now. Um, And Maria was a great fit. Um, We've done a little bit of talking. We're ready to get going. So Maria, thank you very much for taking your time, your personal time and coming on here and, and sharing with us.
0: Thanks for having me, Dion.
1: You're certainly welcome. Um, so guys, this you know, this can be nerve wracking for even a seasoned uh speaker. All right. So um what we what we decided to do today, and I think this is very interesting. I'm I'm really looking forward to it. I'm excited about this, but uh, Maria decided that she would like to start with what happened. So we tell our stories in a specific way what it was like our drinking career, what happened, spiritual experience what it's like now. Um, how are we working the steps and what our lives look like? Maria wanted to start in the middle there. So I'm going to open, I'm going to open the show up uh, to Maria. So uh, Maria, the show is now yours. Welcome to Raw Recovery.
0: Thanks, Dion. Thank you so much for having me. It's Certainly. really an honor and, and pretty humbling. Um, so Yeah, today I am on day 50, and I thought I would start with what happened 50 days ago that led me to AA, because previously I had not had any experience with AA, didn't know much about it. And um, so 50 days ago was a Sunday, and I woke up hungover um, after the night before drinking a bottle of wine by myself, mm-hmm. binging on Netflix, binging on food, okay. then um, forcing myself to vomit at all up.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I woke up that Sunday feeling like total crap. Sure. <laughs> I had I had been on that vicious cycle, um, really hating myself and asking myself, like, why do you keep doing this
2: mm-hmm. What's
0: wrong with you? you? Why can't you stop this? And so that morning, I Googled how to stop drinking.
1: Great question.
0: Yeah. Because Google <laughs> has the answer to everything. Right?
1: I, I, I call it uncle Google. Yes.
0: <laughs> yeah. My
1: kids will ask me, Hey dad, how do I, I'm like, go ask Google, leave me alone.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I typed in how to stop Google and, um, the other thing I Googled were, were churches in the area. Okay. Great. And I had not been to a church or really had a relationship with my higher power in probably, fifteen to twenty years. Okay. But I I had both of those desires um, um to go to try to find a church and to try to stop drinking. So okay. I when I Googled how to stop drinking, it led me to Denver um AA or Colorado AA kind of site. Yeah. And some meetings and I was like, whoa. Whoa that, too many too much right there. Like, I don't know if I'm ready for that.
1: Yeah. That's a lot of information.
0: Yeah. So I did take a screenshot of the meetings, not Mm -hmm. thinking, you know, in the future, maybe if this got worse, that I would explore that. And then I found a church to go to that day. So I went to a church to visit
2: Mm -hmm.
0: and I drove about 30 minutes. And, um, while I was in church, I didn't know anybody. I was just kind of sitting by myself, Um, Mm -hmm. but just the quietness and um, being still, and there was prayer and quiet time. I totally had a spiritual experience where Mm -hmm. God told me, I mean, literally told me, you need, you do not need to be here. You need (laughs) to be at that AA meeting. Wow. And I argued with God for a few minutes in my mind. I was like, uh, no, that's really rude. I'm kind of sitting towards the front. I'm not going to walk out in the middle of the service. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to do that. Um, but God just kept telling me, like, you need to get up right now. Like, mm-hmm. as if your child was in the hospital, you wouldn't think twice about leaving. Correct. It's an emergency. You need to go. So I gathered up myself and I just like. Bolted out of the church. I was halfway through it because I knew I needed to leave right then if I was going to make this AA meeting. Okay. So I drove to the AA meeting,
1: uh-huh. and
0: it was at this ch- at another church, <laughs> about thirty minutes away, but okay. much closer to my house. And there was no there was no in person because we're in the time right now of COVID,
2: uh-huh. and
0: it was hard to know which were in person. And this yeah. little angel woman was sitting on the. I don't know who she is. I've never seen her again, but she was sitting out there just seeing if anybody would come to an in-person and she gave me a flyer Yeah. to a beginner's meeting nice. and I took it and I walked away and I was ready to be like, okay, I'm just going to go home mm-hmm. and throw the piece of paper away probably, or just
1: yeah. save it. Or land on the floor of your car or something.
0: Right. And then God, again, in the parking lot was like... <laughs> No, you need to dial in, dial in right now. Um, and, and also I had some really, I just had misconceptions about what I thought AA was. Like sure. driving over to that church was the scariest day of my life. I thought sure. there were going to be like Harley Davidson's lined up and people <laughs> outside all smoking and, you know, like homeless people. Yeah, you know, and
1: I, I'm actually curious about something here. Yeah. Now, did you get that conception from television? Because television does yeah. that a lot. Okay. I was college just more curious.
0: And in college, um, when I was in college, there was an AA meeting by the train train tracks. Okay. And it was kind of like a halfway house, and that's where uh, they were meeting. So I always associated sure. AA okay. that, but Sure. But also movies and media. Okay. But, you know, I was desperate. I was... Mm-hmm. And I kept telling myself, you know... Even if, I mean, if this is where I have to be, like God's telling me to go there, that must mm-hmm. be a reason. So I was scared, but I did it. And then I okay. dialed in that Z- Zoom meeting in the parking lot. I was late because I had, for all of those reasons, yep. not knowing I was late to the meeting and I just listened. And mm-hmm. as I was listening to the stories of the people who were in that beginner's meeting, I was identifying with everyone yeah and they were educated and (laughs) and relatable and um had lives like had jobs had talked about all of these things I was I was just relating and there were it was a smaller group and a lot of women and that you know God took me to the perfect first meeting because if I had not if I had been in a bigger one I would have probably slipped through the yeah
1: it may have been too much for you huh
0: or too much. Yeah, and um, a woman on that call then called me out, and I am so thankful <laughs> that she uh, did. Because she said, "Well, I see there's a Maria on this call, and we haven't heard from you, and uh, I just don't. I don't remember what I said, but I stopped, okay. and I was just so grateful that these gracious people just held the space for me." Yep. I mean, that's just the greatest gift is just holding the space and they knew how to do it in Mm -hmm. a gracious way. Um, And then they all gave me their phone numbers and one woman invited me over to her house. I Mm mean, following and I was like, okay, yeah, I'll go to your house. I don't know who this person is. And I went there and, um, you know, a few days later, I asked her to be my sponsor. Yeah. And we had so many things in common. so. I really just, I mean, I wanted to start with that story because for me, my relationship with alcohol is very much a story or a relationship with my higher power. Okay. I call God and, and God really led me to AA. Um,
1: yeah. He wasn't letting you off the hook that day.
0: No. Yeah, and he so, hasn't ever, every day since.
1: Do you, now, do you think that was because you finally realized you were finally willing enough to do something about it I and mean, what what really probably there was something there besides just feeling crappy were you getting ready to lose something in your life
0: no, if i'm touching
1: I, on stuff i'm not supposed to you can shut so, me down
0: no you're fine i was so i think you know listening to some of our our, our friends in the program. I was just so sick and tired of being sick and tired you know that saying really resonates with me because i had been really um going on this um just this vicious cycle of Mm -hmm. drinking too much wanting to stop drinking being so frustrated with myself for the past for for the past two years Mm -hmm. so I, I got to that point of desperation and I know okay. everyone's bottom is, is totally different, sure, different,
2: yeah.
0: but for me, um, you know, I, my story might be a little different in that I, you know, I've never been some, but common to others. I've, I've okay. never had a DUI. i okay. never been to jail. I've never lost a job over drinking, mm-hmm. um, drinking on the outside, you know appearance wise never impacted my life okay in a negative way okay but internally yes tearing me up and destroying me
1: absolutely that's the one thing you know the first time i came in the program i was 19 mm-hmm. and i the old timers just you pissed they would just piss me off no, yeah. Oh, but, you know, don't do what I did. I lost this. Of course, I went back out and lost it all. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, but you that's not a requirement to get sober. The right. only requirement is that you want to, but mm-hmm. we've all lost one thing. That's mm-hmm. ourselves. And it's yeah. really the only thing that matters.
0: yeah. Yeah. And I love, I love that, that when the preamble stated at every AA meeting, that the one requirement for membership is the desire to stop drinking. Yeah. Um, and that I just, I had wanted to stop drinking for so long and I couldn't do it on my own. And, and that was extremely humbling for me because yeah. I um, am a person who is highly ambitious, who likes mm-hmm. to see goals, who, um, from all like outward appearances has been successful Mm -hmm. with work um, you know in school graduate school I have a master's in counseling (laughs) (laughs) not
1: you know Uh, that's not surprising yeah I know a lot of people that got their master's or whatever in psychology that were alcoholics
0: yeah Um, yeah so I mean, I have been a competitive athlete and I've always achieved, uh, and I'm being very deliberate when I say this. I achieved my goal, right? (laughs) right? I achieved all of these things and I like to set goals. I like to achieve them. I like to be in control of that and being a high performer. Mm -hmm. I love that. And so it really... This was the one thing I could not get a handle on. Yeah,
1: couldn't control I
0: couldn't, it. I couldn't control it. And um, I had tried. I had tried desperately. I had joined an over-drinking, you know, like I called it over-drinking. Yeah,
1: yeah. Hub. I mean, there's other groups out there where maybe you yeah. have a problem with drinking and not necessarily a drinking problem.
0: Right. So. And I, I, I couldn't coach myself out of it i couldn't set goals to get out
1: of it and that was frustrating for you huh
0: oh so you achieve
1: that's the and i you know because for some of us we are most alcoholics are very very we're usually pretty smart we're usually highly competitive um but for you you literally accomplished those goals hard goals by yourself mm-hmm. right so you know Why would you think that you couldn't do that? I mean, I would have the same mindset also, and I would probably find that extremely frustrating because I would be lost. Right. I would just confuse the heck out of me.
0: Yes. So it's been very, it was very humbling for me to come to AA and say, I can't, I can't do this. I can't do this on my own. I need help. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, but, you know, that's, as I've learned over the last 50 days, like that's where you start. And,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and I've really been able to draw that connection to relying on God and surrendering to him to help me because by myself, I've already proved to myself that on my own, I could not
1: mm-hmm.
0: do this. I was just replaying the same um story over Mm -hmm. and over again yeah we just changed
1: the people out but it's the same drama
0: yeah yeah I mean it was just crazy making what I was doing and it was such a relief to see you know that the book speaks to exactly the things that I could relate to that people Mm -hmm. in the meetings were speaking to the exact same things but I was for two years going through a cycle of I'm never drinking again I'm throwing out all of my alcohol Mm -hmm. um And then at five o'clock in the evening, running to the liquor store, getting another bottle of wine, but only buying one. Mm -hmm. Um, And then beating myself up the next morning, just the Mm self-loathing over this. I just wanted to really be free of it. And so I was desperate. Mm -hmm. Um, Because like I said, on the outside, even though things looked together, I was really really suffering and yeah.
1: Do you do you mind if we talk about the last two years of your drinking?
0: Yeah. Let's talk about it. Yeah. (laughs) Let's yeah.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah, we could do that. (laughs) A little too excited there, Maria. Yeah. Um
0: well, you know, I do I totally believe that what the book says about this being a progressive disease. Mm Mm-hmm. Because prior to two years ago, I had some alcoholic ways of drinking, like drinking alcoholically. Okay. But it was in the last two years that it started becoming progressively worse. Okay. And I think I am so grateful that God I mean, I really see it as like, I was on a path to destruction. And so yep. when I say I didn't have a DUI or I didn't lose my kids or I didn't lose my job, like it was all the yets. Yeah. And he, I see this as a way that he was protecting me. Yes. Um, so he wanted to
1: help you break that generational cycle.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So do you want to go to the last two years or should we go before that?
1: However, it's, it's your show. So however you feel like you want to qualify it is entirely up to you.
0: Um, okay. Well, maybe we'll go back a little bit. Okay. I heard on other people's podcast, they talk about their childhood and like kind of where it all starts. But, um, so I grew up in a house of, um, where no alcohol was was permitted my okay. father my father was a pastor of a church okay. for 40 years of the same church in los oh. angeles so i grew up in los angeles and it was okay. a pretty big, it was a pretty big church and it was just my brother and i and my mom
2: mm-hmm. who
0: was a pastor's wife and like a children's director and <laughs> um you know we didn't have any alcohol in our house because what I knew, but we never talked about was that prior to my dad turning his life over to God, literally, mm-hmm. he was an alcoholic, mm-hmm. but we didn't talk about that ever.
1: Okay.
0: Huh. Um, huh. And his mother was an alcoholic, Okay. but we didn't talk about that because yeah. those are like shaming. Yeah, you know,
1: taboo. We bring shame to our family because... You have a mental illness. I know.
0: (laughs) So it was interesting to grow up in a house where there was no alcohol. Um, And it was also, of course, interesting to grow up under the, you know, the microscope of hundreds of people in a church. Yeah. Where my brother and I had a lot, there were a lot of expectations placed on us. I was going to
1: ask if there was a lot. And because that goes right into you overperforming on everything that you do.
0: Ding ding ding. ding, ding. I've been doing
1: this a little while,
0: (laughs) yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so I think you know, we were there were these expectations, um, of us to be on outwardly this perfect, yeah, family. Um, you know, my brother looks like my dad, they're good looking, I look like my mom, um, and we were never. We really had to try to portray
2: mm-hmm.
0: this image, and and you know, I don't want to totally bash my family because the some good things from it. Sure. That I I innately was born into a family that had great faith, great yeah. faith, and that. I so appreciate. So I, I mean, my relationship with my higher power, I've never struck. I did not. I mean, recently on these steps, I did not struggle with turning my will over because I, Oh
1: no, you didn't. I've been watching you every day for the last 50 days and no, you haven't had that problem at all.
0: No, because I really, truly was raised in a house where I believed that I was created by God for a purpose, Mm -hmm. that he always had my back, that he would take care of me. And like, what a gift. My parents gave me. Um, Unfortunately, you know, I think the pressure, um, really, I have a brother who's two years older. And when he was, we're two years, yeah, we're two years apart. When he was about 14, he started outwardly rebelling, drinking, doing drugs, which caused so much strife in my family, Mm -hmm. so much strife. And he just outwardly gave a big F you to my dad and my mom in church and was like, I'm not, you expect this of me. I'm not doing it. Yeah. And in ways I really (laughs) admired him, you know, because I was like, whoa, he's got balls for doing this. (laughs) People don't do this, my dad. Yeah. Um, but it it almost for me, I took on more pressure to keep the peace. Sure, don't make waves, don't be a problem. They already have enough problems with dealing with my brother. He was in and out of rehab. Oh
1: man, even more pressure boarding, on you. Have fun in and out
0: of boarding schools. He gets yeah. out. So I really um tried to be the good girl. Uh-huh. Um But whereas my brother was having this like sort of public rebellion, I had my own private secret. (laughs) Okay. So I was really good about putting the appearance Mm -hmm. of following the rules, being a good Christian girl, but privately, I would almost like it was... It's something that's carried with me up until 50 days ago of having mm-hmm. this dual dual personality. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was because I was a Gemini, but and they say <laughs> the twins.
1: Well, now you got six of them. So you're kind of right.
0: <laughs> so I lived, um, you know, I knew how to people please, I knew what people wanted, I could mm-hmm. navigate the system. Sure. And then I would then do my own little spells of rebellion which consisted of you know in high school I would so I w- I was like a binge drinker I would give okay. myself permission during certain periods of time when I felt like it was safe whatever that that you know whether I was on a trip or at a wedding or um you know when I knew I wouldn't be called out or caught in okay. anything caught.
1: I would just be yep.
0: crazy and become this like total party girl. And then I would button it all up Yep. and pull it together. So I mean, I can see a parallel between even recently, I'm, I'm 44 now. And, um, you know, how I did that with my kids, even mm-hmm. recently drinking it's, I have my kids 50% of the time because I'm divorced. So whenever okay. I didn't have my kids, it was like game on. Yeah. Drink time. Yeah. Party time. But then I knew how to button it up. And when the kids would be there, um, I would set all sorts of rules for myself. Sure.
1: Um, And for for a while, you probably followed all those rules too. Yeah. Because well, that's your nature. You're you're a rule follower. You're, you know. If this is the rule, you know, that's why you love the structure of AA, because it's structured. You like that that stuff. Mm -hmm. Um So I could see how that would go. Not only that, but your parents are focused on your brother right now. You were probably getting away with a lot Mm -hmm. of crap.
0: Oh yeah. I could do whatever I Mm -hmm. wanted really because of the energy. And I always had good grades. So, you know, it, it was, it was, it worked for me for a while. And, um, and then I went to college and I, I was very ambitious. You know, I really wanted to graduate with like straight A's in college. Like that okay. was just a big goal for me. And that did not include partying. You know, I would, <laughs> I would study all the time, but then, you know, the last day of finals, I'd like binge drink and get yep. crazy.
1: Yeah, when it came to crunch time, we get you, probably couldn't handle that pressure anymore. And the only way, the only out you know at this point is alcohol.
0: Yes. So that was my release.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I would say one of the reasons why I drank, um, you know, I, obviously I drink. I mean, I think it's kind of, I don't know, to me, it's human <laughs> nature that we yeah. want to avoid pain and experience pleasure.
1: Certainly. Certainly we do And there's, there's actually nothing wrong with that. There, there isn't, there's just healthy ways to do it. And, and yeah. then there's alcohol.
0: So. Right. Right. So I, I mean, the pain that I experienced or the feelings I tried to avoid through using alcohol is just the anxiety and the pressure. It was a mm-hmm. release for me. It was, I've been so good. I've been so good. Yeah, it I a, deserve well, dip. you
1: rewarded yourself with it. With yeah. hey, that you know what I did good I idea. I followed all the rules while the kids are here.
0: Mm-hmm. It's
1: party time. That's mm-hmm. your reward. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: That's what and that's what we do. When do you when do you think that changed? You know, we're progressive. We're we're in college. You know, you know kids are mm-hmm. growing up. When do you think that kind of changed? When did you stop following the rules around that?
0: That's a great question. So I think, um, you know, when I, um, I would say around 30. Okay. I would say when I was about 30. So prior to 30, I had gotten a teaching credential. I taught middle school and high school. Mm Mm-hmm. I Got my my master's in counseling, and then I started teaching abroad. I taught in a lot of, in several different countries. So I moved. I lived in Mexico for two years. I taught at the American School there. I moved to Mumbai, India, and I lived there for two years. And when I was in India, I would say I really lost my connection with God. Okay. It was it was there that I got um, really just down my own. Path, I stopped praying, I stopped mm. connecting. And that's why I really see this connection between where my alcoholism started yeah. progressing yeah. and the lack of my connection with oh, the God. Power. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was, I mean, my third, I would say like my 30s were, it was a mess. Like, yeah even though outwardly I still, I, I had a good job, but like during that period of time, I went through a lot of heartache and a lot of hangovers mm-hmm. and I went through multiple relationships. I ended up getting married because I was pregnant.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, Cause it's the right thing to do.
0: Right. Right. Cause I'm the rule follower. Yeah.
1: Second, and... that was my second marriage. <laughs>
0: And I had, I mean, it, it, it is beautiful, you know, that I had my children during yes. that time. Yeah. Um, but you know, there were some, there were some heartaches in that. Mm-hmm. I, I, during my thirties, I, I lost my connection with my higher power. Okay. I found out my husband at the time had been in multiple relationships with other people. Okay. The same at the same time that my mother, who I was very close with, passed away, oh. and so it was almost like this, like the perfect storm. Yeah,
1: that's what I was gonna call it.
0: It really was. I mean, I don't. Know, it was just crazy. Because- yeah. What a
1: sneaky disease, man. That's. I mean, it, it. Yeah. Our that our disease does not love us at all.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's where I found my relief. Like when I Mm -hmm. felt lonely and isolated and that's where I could turn. So I went through a lot of, of heartache, but I was still, I would say I wasn't drinking daily at Mm -hmm. that point. I went through periods of time, but then I would always be able to stop. Like I don't know. I could, st- I could stop. Cause I would usually like, want to lose weight normally. Okay. Honestly, that was what I'd be like. So there okay. were
1: ulterior motives. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Much. Nothing wrong um, with that.
0: I'd be like, okay, I need to restrict. And you need to restrict my diet. I need to restrict alcohol because alcohol and weight loss do not go hand in hand. No, I know they do that not. intellectually. So I would stop. And then, um, but, but it was back and forth all through my thirties. And then two years ago. Oh, and then another thing that happened um, was I, my son, I have a son and a daughter and my son about five years ago now was diagnosed with autism. Okay. So I was raising him, you know, 50, 50, having him on my own, not knowing at that point, you know, what exactly was happening with him and just struggling with having a child with special needs. So that was another escape. It's like, I had another added pressure and, and holding it all together.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And alcohol relieved that pressure for me. Yeah. Um, so there was a lot going on in my thirties. And then two years ago or two and a half years ago now, um, things just got really horrible with my son's school. Okay. Um, they just didn't really. it was a smaller town on the coast of California. They didn't know how mm. to meet his needs. And yeah, he was really struggling. So we, so my ex-husband and I did a nationwide search um, to find a school that could serve him, and that's how we landed in Denver.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, Colorado is very good about autism. It's yes. one of the things that I'm actually we're not very good for treatment and and recovery. But autism, yeah, we have a pretty big force here.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's been. I mean, it it's been awesome. Like, we literally picked up and moved here mm-hmm. for him, and it that has been life changing. But sure. with that move was another transition for me, and I and I really got just really low. I think I just um, felt isolated, okay. depressed. Lonely, I lost my community, even though they were like my drinking community. Sure. Had some like, party girlfriends, we would go to Cabo, we would do yeah. like, we would, they even though they were drinkers and partiers, like that was my community, and I lost that, yeah. So, when I came here, I think I did a, a final Cabo trip with the girls before I moved here where I drank my face off, mm-hmm. and um,
1: which didn't work because you still got your face
0: okay. And I told myself, you know, I'll stop drinking after Cabo, like Cabo was like my last hurrah. And then I moved here and I literally did not stop drinking every day Mm -hmm. since I moved here and the isolation and the depression and not grieving the loss of, of leaving my community. It just Mm -hmm. was vicious cycle where I was ready. I was like, I either need to go on antidepressants. Like that was Mm -hmm. my like I'm depressed.
1: Sure. Well, it looks a lot alike. Yeah. Alcoholism and depression, we're the same face. And wow. there's a reason for that. Alcohol is a depressant.
0: I know. And <laughs> and you know what's crazy is that in the last 50 days, I mean, I was I was ready to book an appointment with the doctor because I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm depressed. And then I went to AA. And You're I mean man, I'm not depressed anymore. Oh, no. <laughs> and I'm not saying I don't I, I don't say that lightly because I know there are people who, you know, just not drinking alcohol is not going to cure it for them. Sure. Yeah. And you know, people need medication, but for me, I'm like, I'm not depressed anymore. Yeah, I am. Like that huh? is not drinking is the medicine for me.
1: Exactly. And that's one of the promises given to us in the big book that you will that that sanity returns you know yeah. um and yeah there are some people that do I'm one of those people i I had meds I don't care what you call them but I need them I'm diagnosed things like that and what that does is it puts me to how you feel normal mm-hmm. so that I can feel normal and work on my problems too so that we're on the same playing field But I'm really glad that you got to discover AA first before going that route because I've seen that other route happen then somebody ends up addicted to Xanax Mm
2: -hmm. when they didn't even need
1: to be on it. Um, So we should always try other things before we start moving on to meds. Meds aren't the answer. They're just a Band-Aid to help you get somewhere where you need to. That's what they're there for.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I... I've been blown away by it because I was convinced that I needed to get some sort of pill at the time, but
2: Mm
0: -hmm. I am really thankful that, um, you know, that's changed for me. That has really changed for me. So, So that's sort of the story on how, I mean... it progressively got worse for me. Mm -hmm. I went from like binge drinking in high school and in college, like on special, my special occasions that I would allow myself. Yeah. And then to to really, you know, two years ago, really starting to drink like every single day and planning my day around it, Mm -hmm. um, not being able to wait until five o'clock and like what I was gonna drink.
1: and and as another alcoholic, I can I can see that. I and for me, it's something I understand mm-hmm.
0: because
1: Cabo never ended, honey. I know <laughs> you just I never know. left Cabo. Your brain never didn't. Did yeah, my what? last hurrah. I didn't know it was going to be two years. Right. right. And, and th- that happens to us. Yeah. And our minds, our minds are that they're very powerful things. It can form that image in your head and create it for you. That's why this is, that's why it could be so tricky and powerful. It can Mm -hmm. make us see or not see things. And Mm -hmm. that in and of itself could be pretty scary. So, what uh, you're 50 days in, how, how, you know, your first experience with AA, how are you, how are you feeling? How are you
0: doing? I'm feeling really good I'm feeling really good I mean you've been on calls with me where I'm not having great days
1: we have yeah
0: um but yeah this program I really embrace the program I really just do what everybody tells me to do because I was at a point where I like I know that I don't know anything Mm -hmm. like I don't know how to do this so I'm just listening to my sponsor I'm going to a meeting every day I am praying every day. Mm-hmm. I've felt really. I mean, God has been abundantly clear. I mean, I feel really fortunate that He has spoken so clearly to me because
1: He did. I
0: don't doubt it. You know, like I don't doubt that I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. Wow. Um. I have total confidence. I have total confidence in this. I just, the only thing I get, you know, my resentment sometimes is like, how has there been a secret society that I did not know about <laughs> for two years, yeah. but I was suffering yeah. and um, I get pissed off about that. Like, and you yeah. guys, yeah. and I see you guys, I mean the community, it's like, yeah. you were here all along.
2: Mm-hmm. Like
0: the answer was here all along and so i just i'm i mean i'm thankful i found it when i did and i found it when i was ready to and um but yeah i was fortunate that i didn't have any of the physical withdrawal okay yeah which i'm people.
1: actually kind of surprised about the god gave you another gift because because alcohol takes women quicker than it does men because of our mm-hmm. physiology um but you're more of a binge drinker. I bet if you had been an everyday drinker for five years, probably would have been a different.
0: Oh yeah, I'd, so. I'm sure I'd, I'd get there. Um, but I didn't, yeah, I the physical withdrawal was pretty easy for me and I was really thankful for that. I have mm-hmm. noticed um, one of my first meetings, someone was like, well, take a bath, pour Epsom salt, you're detoxing. And I have noticed that... The ritual of taking a bath now Mm -hmm. for me has replaced a drink. Yeah. So I now associate, and it'll be interesting to see how this evolves over time. But if I don't have my bath Mm -hmm. at like six o'clock, I am. um, You'll feel right. I don't feel right. It's, it is my relaxation. Just like mm-hmm. the wine for me was like, this is my cue that I can relax and let go. Yeah. Um, that's what taking a bath has become, yeah. which is totally healthy. I well, mean, I have no problem it, with it.
1: Well, it is. And you're doing something that you don't know that you're doing. That's what's so awesome about AA. Okay. Um, is that um, it, I call it the karate kid effect. Oh, you know, I've been working on my four step. You're going through your four step right now, yeah. so this really about go through my four step. But I don't even know how to wax. I don't know how to protect myself. And you know, you just make me pick up my coat and wax on and wax off. And they're like, "All right, wax on," and you make a move. You're, and you do, you know, you make a critical choice in your life mm-hmm. the right way, or or you do something, and then you have this epiphany. Mm-hmm. Um, and I call that I call that the uh, the Karate Kid because you were learning you're meditating you're actually doing the 11th step and Mm -hmm. that's why it feels so connected that's your god time Mm -hmm. um so there you're even though you're on the fourth step you can still utilize other steps so um that's really neat don't ever take that away starting Mm -hmm. out meditating in the very beginning is extremely healthy yeah I don't don't think I could have shut my mind off for that long not in the beginning
0: yeah it's I mean I think for me it is just connecting um and surrendering Mm
2: -hmm.
0: I mean it's been such a relief it's such a relief that I don't have to do this by myself that I don't have to like White knuckle my way through sobriety. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> and, you don't have
1: to do that part either. That that's a different kind of hell.
0: Yeah. So just the surrender, and and I guess the other thing that I've really noticed that my kids are noticing, mm, and good that part. is where I get really emotional. Yeah, because it's made me realize that even though. You know, when my, when my kids were with me, I had my own little rule of I would never have more than two drinks. Mm-hmm. When I had my kids, they noticed. They knew every sip I had. Yeah. And one of the things that I replaced in my drinking is um, Topo Chico mineral waters. There you go. And my daughter, she's eleven. Okay. She, I remember the first time I like got a twenty four case of it, and she <laughs> was like. Is that wine? Is that sparkly wine? And oh, I,
1: she was questioning you. <laughs>
0: I said, I said, no, it's it's sparkling water. And she was like, "Well, can I have a sip of it?" Because she was testing. And yeah, I was she like, was
1: seeing you know. if you were lying to her or not. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I was like, go ahead, and she was like, "Oh, okay." And oh, now I don't want it. <laughs> no, no. Now she wants it, just like mom. Actually, she's like a bochico, just like mom. And then when we went out to a restaurant, I ordered a Pellegrino, and she's like. Is that wine? <laughs> and I'm like, no. For the
1: first, she, she can do that to you for like a year.
0: Is but she? It I just mean,
1: means she loves you and cares what happens to you. Is what it means.
0: It's been so, um, I'm, I, it's eye
1: opening. Yeah.
0: Yeah, because yeah. I'm like, wow, she really, they really notice, and I'm, you know. It's a double-edged sword, like sure. in, I feel so bad that they're 11 and 12 and I haven't been fully 100% present with them, but I'm also so thankful that they're 11 and 12 and I can be so present with them.
1: Now, <laughs> there it is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, especially going into those teenage years, you know, yeah. they're to go into and have a house and a mom that, that is sober, that is present
1: Accountable, yeah.
0: yeah. There, yeah, yeah. Available. I'm really thankful for
1: yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. I was. It was about three, four months ago for me. I got off the phone with one of my kids, and I realized I was no longer an absent father. Mm. Mm-hmm. I cried for twenty minutes like a baby because it felt so good. Yeah. Now my kids call me all the time. Now was like, will you leave me alone? No, not really. I love hearing. <laughs> I love hearing from my kids, but, and, and they called me about legitimate things. Hey dad, this is going on. You know, what do you think we could do? You know, and they actually, they would actually want my help instead of avoiding my advice, you know, cause I was always willing to shell out advice, but now I'm just dad and I get to play mm-hmm. and I get to be just dad. Yeah. So that's the, for me, that's the best thing in my recovery is my kids and my grandkids.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's so cool. It's so good.
1: So what we're going to do guys, um, is this won't be the last time that we hear from Maria. Right. Uh, we, we kind of talked a little bit before we're going to, I don't want to say track progress, but we're going to check in with uh, Maria a couple of times before the year happens. Um, No, we are not expecting certain results, but I think we're all on a pretty good path to think I don't have any doubts. Um, I have faith in God. I really do. Um, And I know when people are going, I know when people are making it because I've Mm -hmm. been there. So before we wrap up, is there anything else that you'd like to say before we go?
0: Um, Well, I just, you know, I hope, if there's any part of my story that resonates with someone um, who maybe hasn't been to an AA meeting, but is just exploring that. um, I know for myself, it was just so scary to take that first step. And I had these misconceptions of what it would be like. And the community has been so loving and so kind and so just embracing mm-hmm. me. And I am so thankful for that. And Dion, it's been awesome to be in meetings with you and <laughs> other people who have shared wisdom mm-hmm. and their thoughts. With We've got a great their- group. We yeah. Really do. We're it's, lucky. It's been, it's, it's been awesome. So thank you so much for having me on the show Certainly. and um,
1: yeah, thank you. Cool. Well, so yeah, um, we're at 50 days, so we'll probably come back in and check at the 90-day mark or or somewhere around that. We'll just surprise everybody. Um, so this will not be the last time you guys uh, hear from Maria. We're going to keep uh, following her story. Um, thank you, everybody, for being a part of. You know, I think Maria kind of hit it on the head here. It was nice to have somebody come on and talk about having the fear of going into A and finding out it was all right. Um, that you don't have to have that fear, but you're not the only one going through it. Um, and when you have somebody like Marie on the show compared to myself where I'm a little bit further away from that first drink, you know, she's able to bring it across to you guys better than I can because she's closer to that than I am. Um, we all have our paths Um, And we all have a way of being able to help somebody else, no matter where we're at with our program. I don't care if you have a day or 30 years, you can help somebody else. Um, Thank you again, everybody, for listening. This has been Raw Recovery with Maria, hosted by Dion. I love you all. Peace out and have a day.